Hello, hello, hello. Hello there. It's been a minute. It sure has. It's kind of like we took a little little break unintentionally. You know how <laughs> you know how shows will take for some reason like a mid break halfway through the season and you're like, "Oh, wait, what? 4 months later?" Yeah. Low key yeah, annoying. It. Yeah. Hate it, but you know, life happens. Sure, yeah, you know? no. We have we have the excuse it's been, a, to, it's been just, an interesting few months here in life but we're sure back has. yep and we're back with a freaking bomb of a movie may i may i say yes sir <laughs> yes sir pun intended here yeah. we're gonna be talking about oppenheimer not oppenheimer as people have said yes it's oppenheimer thank you and there will be spoilers so in case you haven't seen it you are forewarned which is funny because, spoiler wise, like, you know, it's just there's, interesting. Yeah, yeah you know? there's not really a lot. It's not like uh, you kind of know what happens. Yeah, you you could just know a little bit about him in real life. Yeah, which this movie is based off of, and then surmise, oh well, he's the father of the atom bomb. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, how it all comes together. How other pieces are involved, other characters, people in real life. You know, that's the interesting part. And I think what makes this movie very special is the way Christopher Nolan wrote the script because he wrote it in a first person aspect, which is through the in through the eyes of Robert J. Oppenheimer himself and or sorry, Dr. Robert J. Oppenheimer. And the entire movie is piggybacked on the acting of Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, obviously. Well, well, I think that, you know, the funny thing too is I, for, for as much as Killian had to do, right. Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. Were the, I would say major supporting actors involved, but then you, but then you had a slew of other actors and cameos that, one scene, yeah. two scenes, you know? Like, uh, like Remy Malik, like, I was waiting for him to come in the movie, and he finally does. I didn't even know he was in the movie. I knew he was in the movie, and I'm like, what role is he going to play? And then you see him, and he's just like the guy who he, holds a clipboard and yeah. gets it knocked out of his hands by and Oppenheimer. And I'm puts like... Puts the nail in the coffin for yeah, uh, when, Strauss. Yeah, when, yeah. When he's when he's reading at that um, council, yeah, and he's basically giving it to Strauss and uh, everyone's realizing everyone's gasping and you know, the Senate's like trying to get everything under control. And, you know, he delivered that final blow oh, to Strauss. And, and so that that was Remy Malik's uh, shining moment in the movie. Gary Oldman, Dude, I mean, Josh Peck. Yeah. The uh, fact that Gary Oldman played president Truman yeah, was that. amazing. Yeah. Wow. It took me a moment. I'm like, I remember he was in the movie too. And I'm like, I see. Oh I didn't know he was God. in the movie either. I looked at the cast. I was like, I who was in this movie? I didn't. Cause I wanted to be, I wanted that genuine reaction. Sure. Yeah. But even then I, I didn't, it, it took me a moment when he was talking to, when he was talking Truman. to Oppenheimer in, in the Oval Office. And I'm like, Oh my God, that's Gary Oldman. He's just got makeup on like, uh, like he and did the in the one the movie. Uh, yeah. yeah. The fat suit. So, but you know, again, just these minor, minor roles for characters and 
you know, it was kind of cool to see, I can't think of the actor's name, but he was in The Dark Knight, who played the the schizophrenic guy that Harvey Dent captures and oh, you know, yeah, flips the coin the real about. Oh, yeah, snaky looking. Yeah, he was the one who, who um, got caught after Commissioner Gordon yep. got, you know, fake shot dead. Yep, he wrote uh, the uh, the dude who played Harry Osborn in The Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Playing the one military guy. Yep. Um, you had, oh God, uh, Florence Pugh, obviously. Yeah, Florence Pugh. That? Yeah. Yeah. Um, man. She was great in it. Yeah, they're, they're, oh, they're... Uh, who played, oh, what's his name? He played Han Solo in Solo. Oh, Aaron Alden, right? Yeah, he was yeah. great in that too. Yeah. It was just a fucking great movie, man. Damn. It really was. And and so let's dive a little bit more into it because I think a lot of what I've either heard from people, I don't think anyone's, I have I know anyone personally that said it's trash because at that point I would say, you know, care to explain because I, I really like, would like to debate you on this. Yeah. But I think, you know, the lowest I've maybe heard was, um, like maybe like an eight out of 10, something along those lines from yeah. people that I personally know. Right. But I mean, I've seen people that I know on social media, but I also know, in, know in real life say it's like a, you know, a 10 out of 10 to them or like a nine out of 10, whatever. And, um, we'll, we'll go over our ratings towards the end or we'll provide our ratings towards the end. But I think this is an interesting movie that Nolan has done in, you know, comparison to his other movies. And and then when you look at all like the list of his movies, like IGN put out a list of, I don't agree with that list whatsoever. Um, I, to me there, I like the fact that they put the dark Knight as number one, which I think (sighs) I, and I just watched it, you know, um, a week before. It's a great, it is a great movie. There's just so much that's good, good about it, but, but it's not his best movie. The, here's here's the I'm interesting. Sorry, it's not. Well, th- it's a great movie. Where... It is a great movie, but it's not his best. But here's here's what I'll say, in terms of what could quote unquote make a great movie. If you add the aspect of, is it rewatchable? Yeah. Like I, I can watch The Dark Knight anytime. That that's actually a thousand percent true. And Oppenheimer, it's not to say that. I mean, obviously, we're planning on on seeing it maybe in, you know once or two more times. You know, definitely in seventy millimeter IMAX. But as you know, how many times will I watch it at home? Because I'll, I'll buy it. But how many times will I just be like, you know what? I'm feeling, you know, a little first person history with with a lot of drama and you know some intensity here that, like, that it, it would for me it would become one of those movies that you watch yearly you know yeah it I gets could added see, to that list that. of movies where it's like i'm gonna watch you regardless and i'm going to get some fucking inspiration out of that shit because after after um we got back from the movies when we got home i was just still in this sort of it, mi- it, mindset right yeah that I, I i decided to watch the prestige yeah, I remember saying that. Because that's definitely one of my favorite I watched movies. Tenet. See, you know what? Tenet, uh, Tenet is definitely one of those movies from Nolan that people will say it's good or it's bad. I fucking love that movie. I know you still, do. Still <laughs> trying to wrap my head around it constantly. But yeah, I, I absolutely love that movie. 
I think there's a a good way to capture the take on on Tenet. And I'm not talking about the audio issues or whatnot. What audio issues? I remember when I, well, I didn't see it in the theaters when it first came out, but oh, yeah. like the masks, like you couldn't really hear them. Yeah, my dad and I went. My dad had to leave the theater, actually. Why? He got very disoriented when people All were moving in backwards, in. but in people and, you know, yeah, going forwards, back backwards at the same yeah. time. You know, I think Tenet had an interesting story that it was like, going forward is also going backwards, but sometimes you, you meet in the same place, but it's also like meant to be because that's sort of how, you know, your choices or, you know, whether you want to call it fate or destiny, yeah. you know, that's, that's just sort of like, there will always be the same crossroad, but sometimes you have this, you know, one in 47 million chance that you can change it. Um, I mean, I haven't seen Tenet that many times in comparison to to his other movies, right? Like, but I think Oppenheimer definitely feels, it feels like, like one, one of his, of best. his be- yeah, one of his best for sure, you know. And I, I want to say for the sake of, you know, recommending it to people, I definitely think it's it's worth seeing, you know. And, and I I would say oh, yeah. if you can see it in theaters, then by all means. Try to see you it in theaters. Definitely see it in theaters. And the other thing, let's—I I, kind of want to address the elephant in the room. You know, there's this—I think there's this high expectation about the the bomb oh, that don't goes even off. Get me started. The, in in you know in their testing site, right? Where, where was it again? What what's what uh, state Los, was it? Los Alamos. Los yeah, Los, uh, Los Alamos, right? So, yeah. uh, you know. I felt like people online and again, this could have been sites about saying, Oh my God, when the bomb hits you, like you feel it. And I'm just like, okay, that's an interesting take. And then when we saw it, well, I did speak to someone who got to see it in 70 millimeter IMAX. Yeah. And they said, um, when that bomb went off and when that sound wave hit Oppenheimer, his entire seat was felt like it was lifted. Yeah, and so, I, and I feel, and we were kind of talking about that. Afterwards. I mean, it was. Well, we we got to see a very, to me, a very special screening of the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Format wise, um, and so it wasn't like we were seeing it in IMAX or Dolby audio, so it was a little different. Right. But you still right. felt it. Yeah, you in did. That setting. Yeah, you did. I mean, yeah, I think we because we you know for people who live in Central Florida, uh, if you've ever been to the NZN theater, then. Definitely check out the theater. It's a it's a pretty cool um, place, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was it's special. I mean, and, and in comparison to say, well, if we go see it in Port Orlando, right? Like that's going to be like the big big experience. Where I'm sure seeing that you know bomb go off, we're going to see and feel it a lot more because of the because we're seeing it in, in the aspect that Christopher Nolan filmed it in. We're seeing Big. it in its you know originality, where whereas seeing it in anything less, it's I'm not going to say it's bad, but it's obviously a bit of a takeaway in terms of what he's trying to give us for a movie experience, right? Yeah. And I, I know some people might not really think about it like that way, or they might not care, and and then they might kind of you know dump on it a little bit and be like oh that was a week for a bomb i'm like i mean look if you want to go see i know people who have said that verbatimly to me 
Right, but it's like if you want to go see what an autobomb looks like, you can go on YouTube and, and see that stuff. Here's the difference. He did this for real. Yeah, Christopher Nolan created that explosion not using actual nuclear material. Yeah. And he made it look pretty phenomenal. That Like you that actually got to is... see the mushroom cloud without actually it being a real nuclear mushroom cl- uh, you know, cloud. So, You know why that scene is my favorite part of the entire movie. Because the cinematography is just like magnificent. Well, that's not the entire movie, but with this scene specifically, (laughs) you know, you're expecting this huge explosion, right? You know, large, big sound, right? And you get nothing. There's literally no sound except the gasp and breathing of Oppenheimer as he watches his own creation. Yeah. Which he instantly regrets. And it's in that moment that you feel that, and then you feel it throughout the entire movie. It's fucking tense. You know, I think the important thing, too, about the the movie aspect, when you see other people there, you know, like the the general played by Matt Damon and him looking on, and then you've got Teller who puts... <laughs> You know, sunscreen on his face, which is kind of hilarious. Um, or I don't know. or, or uh, Quaid, uh, Jack Quaid. We forgot was in the movie oh, too. Oh yeah, 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 Jack. He's Quaid like from the boys. Glass protects it. What? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, homeboy, don't know what's about Man, to hit people him. People in the 40s were fucking stupid. I know they're they're just so uh, ignorant, and I guess it serves them right because they don't they don't know what the the destructive power that was just created literally before their eyes. But I mean. Even the, even the guy that runs out, he like he runs outside to to see it and like blows him back. Yeah, you know, and I mean, and I mean, just to kind of hear them talk about how far away they were, number one, how high it was dropped at that time, and then when you see in the scene afterwards, when Oppenheimer's trying to tell the military, like, oh, you you need to drop it at this. This at this height, height for it to be effective and they're like we'll take it from here we got it yeah, they no, kicked chill. them out of their own freaking ba- town that they built yeah which is just wild like you, you know for them to create a you know a town that was I mean the whole thing was like a multi-billion dollar project it right? was two but billion dollars back in the 40s mind you which is I, I don't know what that uh, I meant to look that up to see what the conversion rate would be but in terms of the and I was talking with another, you know, friend of ours uh, about it. Actually, it was like a post, and I think that's one of the cool things is you you've started to see the shot by shot comparisons of Oppenheimer and Einstein, you know, in real life getting a picture taken, and you kind of see it the same scenes that Nolan used in the movie, which is really cool because you know it definitely provides this authenticity to the movie that it's like we're really seeing a bit of history here and i uh, you know i love we'll get into the aspects of the of the the color and the black and white in, in a mm-hmm. moment but getting back to the whole the bomb scenario you know you know i was like look, you can go online and see what nuclear bombs look like right and and they test them out at sea and just where there's nothing else there and you know <laughs> What the converter won't even let me use less than ten million or more than ten million to convert. Wow, I mean, 
I don't know, in, in a I rough ballpark, it, it's probably just, like... That's got to be a couple trillion, 100 trillion now. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean... 2 billion back then, probably. 2 billion. That's a lot of fucking money, man. I mean, I would definitely add at least two more Zeros. digits. Yeah, I would probably say like in the 100 billion. 200 billion, maybe. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Somewhere cause... around there. Uh, if you're listening and you want to do some some math, maybe do it because there ahead. was a church, there was a school, there was a whole town, it was a yeah. whole town built in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, you know, I mean, and then you you provide food, electricity, protection, protection. I mean, Security. yeah, it was military, right? So, um, yeah. you know, I, and the whole thing was kept secret, obviously. Yeah, on the DL, right? Like so nobody. Obviously. No one knew about it. Yeah, people yeah. sort of disappeared for a little bit, right? But, you know, a friend and I, I was just saying before, a friend and I were talking about Oppenheimer at that moment when he realized what, that, that they were successful, right? And he's got a lot of praise for it. You know, like, you know, the town is lifting him up on, on their shoulders and cheering yep. for him. Like, he's, he's, he's become like an American hero, right? And, Time Magazine, too. Yeah, on Time Magazine. And, I mean, he meets, you know, President Truman, right? You know, which, whatever, but... That whole scene was just, like, <laughs> uncomfortable, too. Yeah. Because you could tell Oppenheimer is still going through and stressing out, and Truman's just like, listen, they don't care about who built the bomb. They care who dropped the bomb. Yeah. And I dropped it. I dropped it, yeah. And it's just like, wow. And he's like... It was. Uh, I was talking to um, our friend Brian about it, uh, that scene, and he's like, uh, I, "You know, I have blood on my hands." Yeah. Harry Truman just pulls out a handkerchief and waves it at him, <laughs> and then kicks him out of the Oval Office. And it says, "Don't let that crybaby back Don't in here." Don't let that crybaby back in here. It's just like, <laughs> man, uh, brutal. Truman was kind of brutal there, and I, you know, and I get what Truman is saying, you know. Because at that time, not a lot of people, you know, were really aware of what was going on until it came out afterwards. Like, oh, like you know, Oppenheimer, Time Magazine. He's the yep. he's the he's the brains, and which is kind of interesting too. And I, and I think because of his, you know, relationship, we'll say with with Albert Einstein, which you know we know how you know, much of a genius. Uh, Einstein was yeah and that whole you know like napkin scene yep when he's like what do you think of this and to kind of get it to kind of get into the part the entire movie where it goes from black and white to color and dude and I don't know if people understand the significance about that and I don't know if they they might but I don't think they do unless someone told them maybe because I I think you told me that. Yeah, because I, I I found out from Christopher Nolan himself when he when yeah. he talked about you know the the black and white scenes are all factual, all happened in real life. You know, the scenarios are 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 real. The, the with those characters, the words that yep. were that were said, the setting the play. I mean, it's yeah. all. It all happened. The actions, you know, it's not like it was, you know, and then everything in color is change. Yeah, put up, you it's, know, for opinion. Yeah, uh, Christian. Yeah, he said. Part. He said everything in color is subjective. Yep. So, when you think about important scenes, I mean, I, like everything at the town that was talked about, right? And again, like 
we're not going to go 100% what was said because that's all classified, essentially, right? And yeah. I'm sure some things have been declassified, but how much of those declassified files are redacted still? You know, it's not like people involved kept a diary to maybe talk about things and that, that diary fell into Nolan's lap and it's like, oh, I can, you know, verbatim write these lines in, into, the, into the script yeah. or, you know, we can't interview those characters, those people now. It's like I just saw uh, a video from uh, Oppenheimer earlier today from 1965. Oh, when he was talking about this, the... I think I might have sent it to you. Maybe. Yeah, you know, he was talking about when he says that that line. Yeah. About, um, about the, I am death. I am, I am, yeah, I am death and... Eater of worlds or whatever. Destroyer of worlds, yeah. You know, yeah, it's an old song in our buddy Siege about where, you know, if he hadn't done it, then... Then the, the Nazis German, would have done it. The Nazis or the Russians would have done it. And to think about if either... If either faction had done it before the United States did, I'm sure the world today would have been a lot different. I mean, the, the, if the oh Nazis, if the Nazis, they would have won World War II. That would have been and we'd be, terrible. yeah, wow. we'd be, would we even be here? We wouldn't have gotten Oppenheimer. That's for goddamn sure. Listen, I'm sure, I'm sure a whole lot would have been would be royally fucked. Um, you just put it into perspective, though. <laughs> I can't even. I'm not even going to go to detail as to what I think would be different because there's actually a show. Uh, Man in the High Castle. Man in the High Castle. It's based off a book. Yeah. So it's actually a book. Yeah. Sir. Uh, I never. Well, I didn't. I, I know. So I know it was from a book, but I never read the book. But show was pretty good. But it kind of just gave you a little bit of a a glimpse as to like. You it just know, put it into perspective, though. You know how important it was. Yeah. And I think it's why I love that scene even more is because it was this race to create. Yeah a weapon to kill us and you're just like oh this is powerful it was like look we're gonna we created it first we're using it first and as a result we shouldn't ever in fact no one should ever use it again even though we still continue to make more of them and then obviously russia was like well, we're gonna make our own too we're gonna make our own too or we're not gonna stop because then because like, you because you find out that they're actually able to create a th- it wasn't the hydrogen bomb, but they're able to create a bomb. Yeah. Um, and then you find out, you know, they're actually, uh, the U.S. is going to do the hydrogen bomb after Oppenheimer warned them not to. Yeah. And they do it anyway. Yeah. Um, and then you just find out, like, I would say, you, you know, talking with people, the one thing I've heard is people, uh, some people don't like the third act, which I've heard a lot of. Which I can get why it moves pretty quick. It covers a lot of ground. It jumps between the color and black and white a lot because it's starting to kind of wrap I up. Lo- I loved the third act. I did too. I, I, I was sitting on the edge of my seat because it's so like stressful. And you're finding out slowly but surely that Oppenheimer's just been set up from the start. And you're yeah. just like, all he is doing is trying to fit, like right his wrong. He is being the bigger man here and he's getting shit on. It's like... I'm gonna make a, a joke from from Nolan, but like that's when like the actual trick is revealed. The, yeah, that's when the prestige is revealed. I'm Michael Caine. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but it's true. But yeah, no, like you realize, like, you oh your, damn! I remember sitting there reacting, going, "He got played." It was either I looked at you or I looked at my uh, my dad. It's just like, jo- oh yeah, another character, Josh Hartnett. Where's he been for decades? Oh my god, yeah, he shows up. 
And he's, he's either got, scientist. Yeah, he's got the glasses on. I'm like, holy shit. Well, you know what's funny, too, is I think we talked about it, but he was in the movie Pearl Harbor. Yeah. You know, and obviously, well. That is a great same movie. Same timeline as, as this movie. So, yeah. yeah. Different. This is a different variant. Sure, yeah. You know. Uh, but I, yeah, I kind of, you know, part of me felt bad for, for Oppenheimer. I did. Because he, he was brought in to do something great. He, per, I mean, obviously he delivered, but at the same time you realize that he, he got played for a fool as smart as he is or was. And the thing that really just wraps it up with a bow is going back to Albert Einstein's role in it, his role was pretty much non-existent in the Manhattan Project. Right. However, his role in Oppenheimer's, I guess, process of dealing with it, yeah. both during and after, uh, was pretty significant, I would say. Um, and then you get this really cool scene where you, you've seen it from different angles and points of view all three hours throughout the entire movie. Yeah. But you know, it's at the end you you're finding out all this stuff about, you know, what was really going on. I love that conversation when, when he walks away and he walks right past Strauss and doesn't, doesn't even, does, doesn't even acknowledge him. Doesn't even look yep. at Strauss. And meanwhile, Strauss was like, did he turn out Einstein and the other scientists against me? Yep. It's like, bro, you used him and the scientists yep. for your own personal gain. And then tried to lie about it and tried to blame blame the Russians and say, oh, there's a spy. Yep. It was so-and-so. And, and then it's just like Oppenheimer's like, wait, what? Yep. Are you sure? Like, it was just... It can't be. And, and you know, uh, it's like in the, you know, they're in the process of building the bomb. There's this whole theory that pops up. Oh, shit. We could ignite the entire atmosphere and kill everybody on the planet. <laughs> Let me take it <laughs> to the greatest zero. mind yeah. on the planet. And who... You know, ends up taking a look at it, and then you get the scene at the end where he's like, "Remember when I, or b- before he says that line, he says something like, your country will, will love you, yeah, and do this and do that yeah. and celebrate you and honor you, and then they'll, uh, but that's only after they, you know, pretty much just put you in the dirt and do this and do that and hate you and this, that, and the other. Yeah, it's really interesting because I think a lot of a lot of the times when Oppenheimer is talking. And when they're trying to figure everything out, right? Like there's this almost toward, well, I'd say in the beginning, there's this disbelief that that he can pull it off, but yet he still believes that he can. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think there's like more confidence that that is gained as, you know, the days and months and years literally went by in real life for them. Yeah. But we kind of see that in the movie and, and I understand like you can't, you have to, summarize that and, and then obviously include uh, a nice span of years into a three-hour movie yeah which i and we've said this before already for a three-hour movie it does move fairly quick for a dialogue heavy yeah for a three-hour movie, there's a lot of dialogue it moves a quick. lot of dialogue and i think that just accredits to christopher nolan as a writer and a director because that movie was incredible i love the i love the how the actors in this movie have all just like given praise to one another. Like Robert Downey Jr. said, like I gave Kelly Murphy high praise for like the sacrifice the, that, yeah, that not the, about what he did. Like it's like phenomenal acting, you know? And I mean, uh, I think there was a radio 
radio talk show or something like that. It was like a, maybe it might've been a podcast too, where it was Emily Blunt, Matt Damon and Killian Murphy. And Matt Damon made a joke saying, you know, we didn't, well, at first he didn't make a joke, but he's saying, well, you know, we didn't see Killian while we were filming, you know, cause he was in, he's in like every shot for the most part. Yeah. Except, except for the ones that are just, you know, solely with Robert Downey Jr. Right. And, um, speaking of which I love the, the small cameo parts with Casey Affleck. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, another person we forgot to mention too. Yeah. Oh man. I'm sure we'll, we'll probably miss one or two, but maybe they'll come to us before this episode ends. But yeah. where, and at the end he's like, he goes, we didn't even, he says, uh, Matt Damon says, I didn't even see Killian eat anything up until now after the movie's been over. He's like, because they were all sort of, you know, hanging out when they're not shooting stuff. But Killian, it was just like, you know, he has to be there for every shot and yep. and has so much, you know, to deliver. It's also and, a pretty serious role too. Oh yeah, it is. And I mean, I think he really got the look down of yeah, like a good comparison as, as to how Oppenheimer looks in real life. Yeah. Um, I would say so. Strauss too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So good, good, um, yeah, good side by sides, and I, I think. Well, the other thing too is Nolan shot this entire movie in fifty-seven days. That's wild. Is insane. If someone wild. said, All right, "This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna shoot this movie in fifty-seven days." What? We're what? gonna shoot this three-hour movie in fifty-seven days. By the way, what? Guys. I'd be like, okay, well, I got a shitload of. Uh, and honestly, <laughs> I'm sorry, but without a single CGI shot in that entire exactly. movie, exactly, not a single piece of CGI your was done. Your post is going to be pretty easy, you know, yeah. compared to a Marvel movie. Well, aside from like, hey, we got to make an actual bomb explosion, right? And it has to be big enough that it'll it's going to break. What two IMAX cameras? It, yeah, it bro- I apparently broke a few IMAX cameras, and cameramen quit. Which is insane. It's like, well, they might be kind of hitting their lives now because of the strike, but <laughs> maybe it shouldn't have quit. Should have stuck on the on the movie there, buds. Oof. But uh, man, I don't know. It was like, look, I need you to stand behind this explosion. I'm not doing it. I'd be like, all right, bye. Okay, bye. Find me someone who can. It's like the whole Tom Tom Cruise stuntman ordeal so i want to do this scene it can't be done so i found a new stuntman I, I'm, <laughs> I'm sure no one was like so i found a new cameraman yeah probably you know like dude it's funny he breaks an imax camera every single movie he does pretty much i feel like i mean he can afford it so the cool thing is by the way <laughs> imax had to actually create a 65 millimeter film stock to film parts of this movie because it didn't exist wild. Think about that's why how good at your craft you have to be to be like, hey guys, I need you to create something for me so I can shoot this. You got it. Yeah, and, and because I, was, I, I apparently I he had to go to IMAX and be like, hey, this movie's gonna be three hours, and I know that's at the breaking point of IMAX. Is it possible? And the, I guess they told him they're like, if it's at three hours, yes, we can do it. And I, I forget how long they said if you stretch the the film out, it was like. 11 miles. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Something like that. I was going to say like oh, 11, 12 God. miles, but like that's insane, wow. dude. Everyone listening has to see this movie. I'm sorry. Go see it right now. Yeah. And I, I know people might think, oh, that's obsessive or, you know, or uh, not obsessive, excessive. Sorry. And it's like, but no, like that, this is part of movie making this. Yeah. You know, this, this is, is just a, just a great movie. 
and you know, a nice film. I saw some people online be like, well, why didn't he just you know make the explosion with CGI? And it's like, because here's the thing: when you when you create an explosion on CGI, number one, you know it's not real. And if you want to, like I said before, if you want to see what an actual real life you know explosion looks like, just go on YouTube and you'll you'll see what it looks like from afar. Yep. But at that point, understand the the process of creating something like just just the verbatim creating something not digitally physically and think about what it is that he's trying to create again you know so i i don't think some people can have really processed what he set out to do and successfully achieved for it and and yeah like i remember after we we saw the movie the countdown to the launch Dude, my heart was my, my. I was that was tense. I got man. Well, let's talk about the soundtrack, right? To uh, uh, what's his face, Lud- Ludwig. Um, Ludwig Gordonson, uh, right? Yes, something I like that. So. Um, God, what a phenomenal soundtrack! Phenomenal soundtrack. It's just the score to this movie was was epic. It definitely added the you know made made dramatic parts more dramatic. The Tense parts, more intense, you know, the, the sorrowful parts, you know, with more sorrow and, and that part of the countdown definitely had my heart rate going. That was, and I'm like, thinking myself, like, like why tense. am I getting, why am I getting all amped up for this? Is it like, like, I know what's coming, but I think it was just for the sake of thinking about this happening in real life, like this event actually happened and then thinking about it afterwards when they talk about you know it being dropped on uh hiroshima and Uh and nagasaki and it's like you know when he finally hears the death the death toll and it's not just from the explosion it's obviously from the radiation too but you're just like yeah like that's obviously terrible but obviously like we were saying before i mean that's the unfortunate part of war that there's always going to be someone who loses and innocent lives are, are always lost in, in war. However, I tried to, we would have, I, again, we, I think the, the innocent lives would have been much, much, much higher. had the Nazis, you know, and, and maybe Russia. Cause I, listen, I know we weren't necessarily, you know, at, obviously we weren't at war against Russia, you know, they, we weren't quote unquote like super allies like we were with no, like, but I won. But when that war started, they were aligned with the Nazis. Yeah. So the only reason until that they the were Nazis fighting the Nazis against them, yeah, was because they turned on them. Listen, and and Stalin is a, is a son of a bitch. You know, I know a lot of people think Hitler's the worst, and I'm like, I mean, Stalin was bad. Stalin killed 20 million of his own people. Yeah, she was. Brutal. You know, obviously we, we, we know what Hitler did, you know, with the, you know, with the concentration camps and whatnot. Yeah. But, you know, people, people, parties won. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it it wasn't, it wasn't just like Oppenheimer trying to, you know, do this for himself. It was like, I, you know, I'm Jewish. So my uh, people are, yeah, my people slaughtered. Yeah. Like I'm doing this for my people too. So, um, but, I love, I loved his response afterward when he, when he realizes everything and that the private hearings, those were, 
very well done. And Ugh. and those were all in color because obviously it's like we ain't gonna see and hear the factual. Oh yeah, no parts way about that in real no life. Way. Like the, none of those things would would have been black and white because it's like they didn't happen, but it kind of did. Just like oh yeah, by your sec- by the way, your security clearance uh, is not being renewed because it was, you know, a two to one vote. I think it was the old guy that voted for him. I think it was because of was, how I think it was because of his wife. Wife. When he was like yep. shaking his head when his wife, which she was amazing. When she, I can't think of the guy's name that was asking all the questions. No, but he, he looks very familiar. I've seen him in something before. I've seen him in yeah. a few things before. He, but was, he was good too. He was good. He was an asshole. Oh my God, dude. Emily Blunt but when Emily, dude, in Emily that scene. Tore him up. My God. It's like. Tore him and up. And you can see Oppen, the, the entire time Oppenheimer wasn't talking. He always. I know you guys on, on camera, I guess cut that part i know you people listening (laughs) i know you people listening can't see me but he's just sitting here like this but you can tell in that scene when she starts going back at him he's feeling good yeah it's like he finally got a win for his corner you know and i because i think some of the other people who spoke for him um like oh i just remember another guy that was in it um his like old friend um who is Bernard in the Santa Claus movies? Bernard, bro. <laughs> he was a doctor. He was a doctor. Who, oh, dude! What? You got the the German one who ended up working for the Nazis, who was yeah. in uh, Army of Thieves, yeah. Army of the oh, Dead. Yes, Sorry. yes, 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 yes. And Army of Thieves. Yeah. Uh, and then what's his name? Uh, he was in Dunkirk. He was in um, Wild Wild West. He did. He, he was in Tenet. He was the dude in Tenet. Obviously, we could look this up, but I know you, you, it, it, it's it's going to be cheating. One, I'm just kidding, dude. You know who I'm talking about? He played yeah. the German guy. You you mean like hit the other the other scientist? Yeah, yeah. That ended up he was he was working for the Nazis. No, no, no. He didn't work for the Nazis. Oh, 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 oh. Don't oh. look it up. You're t- oh, I know who you're talking about. He was in Harry Potter, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He was in Harry Potter. Um, uh, I got it right here. Oh, my God. I can't think of his name. <laughs> you're going to be so pissed. What is his name? Kenneth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, when he when when he gets invited to Los, um, Los Alamos. And he's like, oh, my God, we're so excited to have you be here. He's like, oh, yeah, he's like I'm, I'm not staying. And then Oppenheimer's like, hold on a second, though. <laughs> 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 just Just chill for a second. Let me talk to you about this. Yeah. And then he kind of just was like, oh, well, okay, let me, let me chat about this. Yeah, I, dude, oh God, there's so many people. But to the hearing part or the, the private hearing part where, uh, you know, the guy his, who plays Bernard in the Santa, the Santa Claus, I can't think of his name, um, Dr. So-and-so. Yeah. Um, he, I think he helped based on what was said. Um, I know the general played by Matt Damon, he kind of helped Oppenheimer's case up, up until the part where he was asked the question of whether or not he thinks Oppenheimer would be fit for the, like the, um, like what was like the protocols or whatever. Oh, um, under the new protocols, yeah. would you sign, sign off on? Oppenheimer. Yeah, and he's like, 
and he had to you know get asked you know a few times and in the first time he's being asked that question it cuts but then it goes back to that moment and it kind of fills in the gap of like them on los alamos and talking and just you know living yeah and he says no i wouldn't he goes but i wouldn't have signed he's like I would, on I would, any of them. he's like i wouldn't have signed off on any of them yeah yeah so it's it's like don't get don't get it twisted that he's unfit it's like no one was fit to be there yeah according to these new these Guidelines. new terms and conditions you know these yeah these policies so it's like you know that i, I kind of hated that um and and it's interesting because you know he, meanwhile Oppenheimer has his attorney there and he's like oh well, well you know you you he's like i'd let the cross exam he's like we're not on trial here you know and, and there's like more um like law terms being thrown on you know like um they just didn't even you find out that they're like yeah we're gonna set up this fake hearing it's it's we're gonna give them nothing so it's they weird know nothing it's weird because it's just like in that in that aspect you know I, i'm and that's one of the reasons why i want to see the movie again because because of well i say those scenes but the, that 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 scenario of being held in private hearings or private conversations right where it's like i get that this is all based on security but you know a lot of these questions that are being asked against him are n- none of them are in his favor for the most part no. you know even where his he, his own attorney is just like i'm he's sorry like, like, like yeah, i, he's I like, I'm like sorry, dude like this is this is foobard essentially yep. you know and uh Again, I want to go back and, and, and pay closer attention to to that because, again, it's just like here here Oppenheimer is getting screwed again. Yep. You know, and it's like who's behind it all? Which it's kind of funny because of how things turn out in the end. You know, he's he you know here's Oppenheimer when he's older. In the end of the movie, he's getting um, he's getting an award, right? And Teller exactly goes up. Teller goes up. Einstein said, "Yeah, oh yeah." Teller goes up to shake, shake his, his hand. hand, and he does. And his and his wife, pissed, didn't shake his hand again. And when she when she finds out in the private hearings that he shook his hand, and she's like, "You shook his hand!" I was spit in his face. Yeah, and it, I thought that she was going to do that right there. She kind of like was like moving her mouth a little bit. I'm like, "Oh, she getting ready to spit in this dude's face." She was just giving that glare that goes Year, decades later in my face. Yeah, man. I mean, I think for the sake of you know, just things that uh, you know, forgiven but not forgotten. Yeah. And and meanwhile, Strauss did uh got denied, you know, didn't get reelected as a what was he? A senator, I think, right? Yeah, maybe. He was no. He it was a it was a hearing oh, process to be a part of the cabinet. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 For and then, then he Eisenhower. Went, yeah, and then he just got uh, booted to being a shoe salesman, right? Our good old Oscar winner coming in for <laughs> three minutes of screen time to deliver the finishing blow on Mister yeah. RDJ. Yeah. Right. Who I really hope gets an Oscar for this movie, dude. He his acting was my second favorite part of this entire movie. Every single scene was just so good with him. I could see, and we talked about this too, but for our audience, so many. I think Killian Murphy will get nominated for best lead actor. I could see 
Robert Downey Jr. getting nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt for either Best Supporting Actress or... I wouldn't say she, she wasn't a lead. I mean, she was a lead, uh, but I don't know about like... It's like she's like... I don't think she'd the be whole thing's on for her. She might get she might get lead supporting or sorry um uh supporting actress. Oh yeah, for sure. Like my yeah, but definitely best score, score, uh, best cinema, c- cinematography, cinematography you know, um, best script, script, best writing. Yeah. Well, this is all depending on depending on you know Dune, too, as well. Yeah, I mean that that's gonna be the and, big. Of course, we all know the Academy's rigged anyway, so fuck them. But <laughs> yeah. it'd be nice to, you know, give our boy Nolan a couple Oscars. Yeah, and, you know, best director. So I think for the sake of, you know, him uh, getting a shot is deserved. I don't, I don't know. I'd have to check online if he's ever gotten. Christopher Nolan? Yeah. Has he ever won an Oscar for anything? I'm sure he's gotten nominated maybe. Maybe Interstellar. I think maybe Interstellar, but Interstellar came out when that was twenty. What was that? Is that twenty eighteen? Twenty seventeen, maybe. Twenty seventeen, I think. Something like that. It wasn't too too long ago. Um, or was it? Oh, was it before that? Was it? Tw- oh. Yeah, he has five uh, nominations. So he's um, number one. He was nominated for holy moly. He was wow. He was nominated for best screenplay for Memento. Oh, that's right, Memento. Yeah, uh, best screenplay nomination in eleven for Inception. Inception. Um, best picture for Inception, and then best director and best picture for Dunkirk. That's right for that's Dunkirk. It. I really hope this. I mean, hey, the greats. I mean, Stanley Kubrick had one Oscar. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the problem too. I mean, I, I definitely think there's bias we don't care about the academy yeah at the end of the day i mean cool like it's sort of like the same thing where tom cruise is like i don't care if i never win an oscar like i just make movies to make movies and to please my audience you know what i mean like that's i think that's what christopher nolan does too you know it's like it's great if i do but you know i'm just i mean dude's just leaving a legacy behind so and people just want to be involved in it so kudos to him for just making movies for us and I don't know if there's anything else I could really want to say about the movie I mean it's definitely worth seeing I would say for the sake of if you can go see it in theaters definitely go see it in theaters Um, I would say that it is a very important movie to see not only for the history aspect of it but also what it means for something so game changing that can change the future, yeah, and how a government handles it, i.e., maybe AI, maybe this, maybe that, you know what I mean? So it could be anything, but it's just the point of wow, this one creation changed the game 1000%, and the government took it over completely, ran with it. Yeah. completely screwed over the creator. You know? Yeah. Nolan did say something too about AI recently. Uh, he said for the people that are creating AI, you know, this is your Oppenheimer moment. You know, don't, don't like 
honestly don't mess this up, but realize what you're doing. Yeah. Be smart. You know, because, and, and I think I, you know, saw something else from James Cameron. He was like, I made a movie back in the 1980s about AI and you yeah. guys have learned nothing. He's like, you guys are fucking it. stupid. Yeah. And it's like, dude, a lot of people think it's so far fetched. And I mean, for someone who, but is it, I mean, I saw a it's, video. It's a, di- I saw this not to video. get too, too technical, but like, it really depends on a way of how the AI is created. And honestly, like not to jump to, not to jump to a completely different movie, but mission impossible seven dealing with the AI, like that. Yeah, that's just another spoiler. Also, yeah. Spoiler for mission impossible seven. If you've not wow, seen it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, tell everyone a, an hour into the podcast. Hey, we got a spoiler for a different but- movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but you you know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, yes. So you know, there, there's that is a good movie that depicts the potential horrors of of AI. AI. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll we'll, and we'll leave it at that. But who knows? Maybe we'll uh, review that one in the future. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. So I again, I I think there's a lot of importance for the for the history aspect yeah. of this movie to realize that you know most of what we see in this movie is real, literally real. And kind of think about moments of where we go from here in society. Yeah. In, in our, in our creations, you know, uh, you know, the, again, like to have like this Oppenheimer moment where certain people like Elon Musk as an, as an example has said, like, you know, we should not, you know, go, you know, go full first with AI because, excuse me, because if we do, we might not be able to go back. And it's just like, when Oppenheimer was like, well, there was a reason why we had to do it to go full force with, you know, an atomic weapon. Yeah. Nuclear weapon. But with AI, there's just really no reason to do that. And unless people, you know, people are just using it for, you know, different circumstances right now, you know, and, and granted, sure. I know it, it can be helpful to a certain extent, but like there are limitations within you know, the, the coding per, you know, parameters that AI can work within like chat GPT, for example, but for the sake of, you know, going back to the movie and, and Oppenheimer, it was, we got to create a weapon, a weapon that's never been created before. We don't know what can happen because again, like I love when he just always refers to it as theory. Yeah. In theory. Well, in theory, well, that's theory for you. So it's just like, you know, uh, I think for the sake of, you know, again, when you talk about things in real life, it's like, well, in theory, this could work or in theory, like you could do that, but you know, they didn't know it could be done until they actually went, went, um, went through with it. So I think for the sake of what we do, what we decide to do with AI as a you know particular topic here, um, I mean, it could be, it could be with anything, right? Like I think, anything that we do with, with the environment, you know, as an example, fossil fuels, you know, EVs, whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, there's always going to be a repercussion. Just be smart. Well, you You know, know and that's the thing, like you were saying, like depending on who's in charge, you know, uh, you know, us normal citizens, us, you know, innocent bystanders, you know, who just live our lives, you know, we just essentially get the shit end of the stick and we deal with it. It's like, yeah. oh, well, 
AI is running rampant now. Okay, well, I guess we got to see what happens and how we get screwed now. It's just like, oh, people are creating bombs and dropping them on cities. Uh, well, hope hope my city doesn't get bombed. Hope yeah. my country doesn't get bombed. You know, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So like, it's it's sort of just you know, uh, you know, a lot of people say like, well, the next you know world war if there is a legitimate one won't be really fought with you know mass land invasions and mass tanks and it's with nukes baby and i, I mean I, I it's gonna be all cyber yeah and digital i mean i i mean at least if, if anything that'll be the first wave what can you knock out so that they they lose functionality of of their other weapons yeah you know if you're if you're launching nukes or weapons from a computer oh i gotta control that computer now up oh, i shut down that power up oh, you lost control. So, you know, and again, that's the Oppenheimer moment. Do you do this? And can you live with the consequences? And and like Truman said, like, they remember me. I'm the one with the name I'm on the it. I'm the motherfucker that dropped it, bitch. Is what he said. Yep. What do you give it? Scale one to ten. We haven't talked about a score yet. Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Almost not quite a week, Fif- obviously. but Yeah, yeah it's almost a week. Um, well, I was going to say five days. Yeah. Um, we're doing percentages, right? Because, because ideally, I would say a nine out of ten, but it's not a ten. It's not a ten out of ten for me. Wow, and you know what's crazy is I remember when I first tried to to do and what's the word I'm thinking of promote this this new <laughs> scale of grading movies. It's everybody like everybody called me a madman. Oh, you are a madman, but everybody called me one. I'm a I'm a I'm a. It's the best I'm way compromising. But it's the best way to, especially a movie like this where there's so much to unpack. Yeah. But yes, what do you uh, give it? Maybe a ninety-four. Okay. Maybe ninety-three, something like that. Okay, not bad. I would rate like Prestige is slightly above that. Dark Knight is above that for me. Yeah, that's true. But that's your top three though: Dark Knight, Prestige, Tenet. I mean, Oppenheimer. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think it might be now. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love, I love, you know, I like Inception, I like Interstellar, um, you know, Memento is is great. Um, I, you know, I, I really enjoy Dunkirk as well. Dunkirk might be, I love Dunkirk. Dunkirk might have gotten, that was like, Dunkirk might be four now for me, be five, but um, I would say Dunkirk is maybe. Oh, two, two. Yeah. Okay. So, two. so what's your number one? Probably. Tenant. Tenant, really? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because here's the thing: I'm not counting uh, Dark Knight. It's why a not? great movie. I, I, but I, here's the thing: the entire world knows it's a great movie. Yeah, that's the whole point. Yeah, we get it. Uh, so, okay, so what would you give Oppenheimer? I give Oppenheimer like a nice, nice 96. Okay. 97. Okay. I wanted to say 97 at first. So, so if you're giving that a 97, are you are you saying 10 and it's like a 98? No, 10 is like a 97 and a half. <laughs> Dunkirk is a 97. 97.5. It's, it's uh, uh, literally all of man. Christopher Nolan's Just movies are in the 90s. That's what points here. 98. <laughs> Ninety-seven point five. So then, so then, I would probably do 
see right now I want to give okay okay what so Oppenheimer yeah Oppenheimer's 96 97 okay that's fine so maybe Dunkirk is probably closer to me I haven't seen it in a while, but it's probably closer, maybe to like a ninety-four. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm in the I'm in the Nolan mood to go back and watch but his movies. Tenet, you know what I mean? Uh, Tennis just so mind blowing. I will never forget seeing this movie and just my jaw dropping at that point where sure. boom, you're just like, holy shit! Yeah, 100%. but yeah, this is this is up there for me because I I mean, well, first I've waited forever to see it. Yeah, but um, yeah. To see that, oh god, I just love that movie. That bomb scene, dude, it's embedded. It's my favorite part of the entire movie. I'm looking forward to seeing it again for sure. Yeah, in a few days in uh, 70 mil millimeter. So yeah, you know, if anything, I mean, we're not going to record another episode out on it again. But <laughs> if we ever reference it again at some point in time with other Nolan movies or IMAX comparisons, Twitter will. Will you mean X? Oh yeah, did that happen already? Uh, I don't For those of you who don't know me, I live under a rock. <laughs> yeah. So I was gonna say we're we're on Twitter, or what was Twitter? Now it's called X? X. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it's update been updated in, like app wise yet. I don't like that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's an interesting choice. I know. I think it's. I think. Right. Well, honestly, I think Elon's trying to do a lot more with with it and just be like, it's just a social media like app. I think I think he's trying to like blow this thing out of proportion with just be like, no, no, it's, it's more than a social media app. It's like <sighs> your one-stop shop for all these other things, but we'll see anyway. Um, yeah. Ho- hopefully you enjoyed this podcast episode and hopefully you have seen Oppenheimer and we'll maybe see it again. Or even if you haven't, and you're listening to this, <clears throat> Jacus, um, <laughs> you will hopefully be tempted to go see it in the biggest format possible yeah if you live you know by a theater or can you know, drive i don't know 15 20 minutes to a theater to see it drive an hour i mean if you're yeah. you'll be happy <laughs> you'll be in <laughs> 70 millimeter you drive an hour to see a three-hour movie then drive an i would hour back. i would drive how far is uh fort lauderdale fort lauderdale yeah i mean it's probably at least a solid three hours i would drive three hours to go see this movie in 70 millimeter imax True IMAX, which is apparently only in Point, uh, not Point Orlando, uh, Fort Lauderdale. What really? Yeah, like 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 real. Where 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 uh, in Fort Lauderdale? I, uh, I have no clue. Who AMC said this? something. It, it there's a giant map across of all of the seventy millimeter uh, seventy millimeter IMAX showings in the in the country. Interesting. And what theaters are showing them? You pull it up. Fort Lauderdale was the only one in Florida. Yeah, I know there was there was one in Florida. But I thought it was I thought it was the Port Orlando. Mm. Weird. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do some investigation. Yeah, because um, charge the car. We'll we'll drive three hours to go see a three hour movie and drive three <laughs> hours back. The last time I spent a whole day watching a movie, three hours that yeah, three hours down, three hours. I mean, that's that's like <laughs> just spending a day there at that at that. Point. I spent a day pretty much watching the Snyder Cut when it came out. I mean. Back in the day, I saw the entire <laughs> that's what trilogy. Fifteen hours. I did see this video where in a, in a theater. This uh, this uh, I mean I don't know if it was a girl or a guy, but this person p- posted a video watching all three Hobbit 
and all three Lord of the Rings. Oh my god! Um, extended cuts. That started that's... at like six a.m. Oh, I did see that like little clip. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm you're... Like, huh? I wonder if Nick reco- filmed this. <laughs> I should do it one day. I'll just time lapse myself. Do it like Shia LaBeouf did when he live streamed himself watching all of his movies. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I'll live <laughs> live stream the whole with full commentary. That would be amazing. Uh full full voice acting involved through uh throughout the entire throughout, the, throughout bo- both trilogies. Plus commitment. It is. Well, I'm glad uh, we could get this episode recorded. I'm glad we're back, baby. I know we're back. It's been a couple months, so um, hopefully, hopefully people are like, "Oh my God, yes, yes, <laughs> yes." I'm telling you guys, yeah. Well, so we'll we'll be, we'll be back and 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 recording more. We we initially had uh, a list of movies that we were going to record over the, like the last two months and um, maybe two and a half months, and just obviously couldn't um, for yeah. other life reasons life uh not to be named but at the same time you know it's good a little break and um you know we release a, a fair amount of episodes you know prior to taking a little break so now that we're we're back and season two has begun pilot episode oppenheimer yeah it's like i was like so should we call this season two or do we just keep going this as season one yeah let's go season two all right <laughs> Season two, pilot episode, baby. Yeah. We're back with a three hour, I was going to say three hour epic, but three hour well, the real movies historical hour epic. epic. Historical, yeah. That, that about makes more sense. The creator of the atom bomb. The destroyer of worlds. Unfortunately, we can't get any clips. Yeah. Because no. it just came out not even a week ago. But just, just go see know, the movie. You're good, you know? Just go see the movie, yeah. Go see a good movie. Yep. So, uh, anything else you want to add on to it? Um, I think that's about it. Same. Hopefully, hopefully the, uh, the curse count was a little lower than usual. Um, um yeah. But I mean, we're back. We are Stay back. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for more episodes, more movies. Um, I guess we have some ones we'll, we'll make up for. And I know there have been some requests for, uh, some other epic movies. Hmm. Like Ben Hur. I have the original soundtrack on vinyl <laughs> upstairs. I'll go grab it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, yeah, be on the lookout. So again, we'll uh, try to get back on the weekly release format, and um, hopefully, your your ears are enjoying what you hear. Hopefully, the sound of our voices <laughs> <laughs> creeping so, into your ears. Creepy, you listen to creeping us. in your ears. Nerd out about movies. Dr. Oppenheimer. Anyway. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. This has been uh, Nick and Austin here on the Plot Strikes. Bum, 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 b